Well, that's cool. Right? Hello, fellow isolators, and welcome to a special season-ending bonus episode. It is March 17th today, which makes it one year since the state of public health emergency was declared here in Alberta. That's right, one year of COVID quarantines, a year with an overarching sense of fear, among other feelings, and a year quite different from those we've experienced before. I started this podcast about a week after we all started working from home. It's a weird feeling of almost not being able to remember what that was like, as well as thinking it was only yesterday. I thought I would start a little project where I talked with cool people about cool things they were doing as a way to practice some podcasting, but also to connect with people outside my apartment and keep me busy through what was supposed to be a bit of a short disruption. Well, a year later, and I think the show has done just that. So it is a fitting time to wrap things up and take a break for a while. But before I do, I wanted to have one more conversation with someone who has experienced at least part of this year doing something most of us could hardly imagine doing in a good year, let alone in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, hi, I'm Sydney McGill. I'm a cyclocross and mountain bike racer for Pedalhead Race Room and Live Canada. And I spent my winter uh, racing cyclocross in Belgium. Sydney McGill, from right here in Edmonton, had just gotten out of her mandatory quarantine after her winter in Belgium. I wanted to check in with this rising star of Canadian cycling to learn a little bit more about the life of a world-class racer and what it was like doing big group activities in Europe over the winter. First of all, while I may watch obscure sports commentary from other nations late into the night on YouTube, you, dear listener, may not be so familiar with cyclocross. So I asked Sydney to explain what exactly cyclocross is and why she had to go to Belgium to do it. So cyclocross, it's a discipline of cycling. It's kind of a weird mix between mountain bike and road, I think is my best way of describing it for people who are first getting into it. Our bikes are fully rigid like a road bike, but uh, have knobby tires like the mountain bike for it's typically on grass or mud, sometimes ice and snow if we're in Alberta. <laughs> We'll have like obstacles, like barriers and stairs or run-ups where you have to get off and put your bike on your shoulder and run through the section and then hop back on your bike and keep going. So yeah, it's kind of this, uh, we probably like a little weird out <laughs> going out there, but once you get into it, it's tons of fun. <laughs> Sometimes it's type two fun. It's a little more suffering than pure enjoyment. Um, but it's funny at the so many of the races, especially this year, we get to the end and are like, what the heck are we doing? Like, this is just the most ridiculous, like it's pouring rain or it's snowing and we're covered head to toe in mud and shaking, freezing cold, but we just love it. <laughs> Still, we, it's tons of fun. And the atmosphere is always so great at these races that it just keeps us, keeps bringing us all back. <laughs> I think it's hard to understand how big of a sport uh, cyclocross is in Belgium. Like I always compare it for in Canada, it's kind of like our hockey. There is so funny. We go into at one point we were in a gas station and like a pre-packaged sandwich and it had a photo of Wout Van Aert on it. Like this, this is like big sports icon and idol for so many locals and even just traveling into the country at border control. As soon as I said I was here for cyclocross races or I was there for cyclocross races, they were like, 
the man was so happy he wanted to talk about the like most recent races and results like it's a really the country's go-to everyone follows it really closely which is so funny because at home most people don't know what cyclocross is or very few people know cycling beyond the like tour de france or something like that um so it's huge there and in a normal year the crowds are insane like completely packed people it's basically a party with a race a bike race going on around it um so the fans are crazy they love it and super super loud this year there's no fans allowed which made it a very different experience compared to uh my last time racing in belgium for cyclocross which was the 2018 2019 season um, with restrictions, we couldn't have anyone besides just racers and like vital staff there. Um, so it was very different, but people were still, everything's televised and live streamed. So still got to see and hear the support just uh, digitally instead of in person. <laughs> and I think my first few races for a few weeks there, it was nerve wracking. I was very, very, we were, everyone was very, very careful about masking and following all the rules and distancing. Um, and that continued throughout, but just once I was a few races in to see, okay, we're all in this together. We're all, everyone's abiding by the rules. Um, could relax a little bit, <laughs> take a bit of a breath. I'm like, okay, we're all, we're all here together. We're just going to get through it. Um, so it was, it felt different but still nice and I was just happy to be able to race and get through. <laughs> no fans for a cyclocross race is crazy, even more of a loss than the empty stadiums and arenas in North American sports. Fans go wild. Look up a race on YouTube and watch the crowd. Sydney is not kidding about it being a party and they play an active role in cheering the riders on. Racing during the pandemic must have been strange, and it involved a lot of changes and precautions. So I was in Belgium for two months from the beginning of December till the end of January, racing cyclocross on kind of the World Cup circuit and some of the other uh, series races there, and then ended ended the winter with um, World Championships. We were very isolated, as everyone is right now, but... Um, fully isolated in a small town in Belgium, Odenard, which is about an hour from Brussels. And I think in a normal year, we would get to travel around a bit more, visit some towns, experience the Christmas markets and cafes and that. Whereas this year it was very, we're either in our house or at a race venue, um, besides riding in the back country roads. Um, so yeah, I didn't really get to experience too much of Belgium compared to normal, but it was a really nice town and it was a great area to ride and very centrally located for the uh, race season. For prepping for races, we, like a typical year, we would be able to go to a venue maybe a day or two days before to pre-ride the course and get a sense of the venue, practice lines, um, really take a good look at it. Whereas this year, it was really restricted as far as getting to venues, like where you could even be within a venue and like moving around within it. So we only got there race day, morning of the race, usually around nine o'clock, go through our full check-in COVID tests, COVID checks, uh, get all of our documents that we need for the day, uh, race packages, and then get to our spot to set up. With my mechanics, we set up and then get out on course for couple laps pre-ride, 
come back to our uh, tent area, our little bubble, um, and then spend the rest of the morning kind of getting <laughs> cleaning off all the mud from pre-ride, getting warmed up, and then getting out uh, to the start line for the race start and getting all muddy all over again. <laughs> <laughs> so the race season, they capped off all the races at like maximum 75 riders for men and then 75 for women. Normally there would be the, they would start off in the morning with the junior men and then U23s and then typically elite women and elite men after. So it would be a full day of racing and events. Um, this year they took out all the youth racing. So it was just elite women and elite men on the day. And it was pretty much the same group of riders doing every race. So we were kind of like, everyone was in their own bubble within our teams and who we were staying with, but then also just the cyclocross community. We, everyone was kind of in the same boat. We're trying to make it through together just to be able to keep everyone healthy and be able to make it through till worlds. And even after that, um, so we, everyone who was coming to the venue had COVID tests every 10 days. Um, plus extras here and there, sometimes the, in like Christmas period and Christmas period, there was a lot of racing. And so there was a couple extra tests in those two weeks. Um, masks of course are mandatory for everybody until, except for racers at, we wore it the entire time until we were on the start grid about two minutes to, mm -hmm. to, uh, go time. Everyone takes off the mask and then we go, but, uh, everyone in the pit, they were very restricted on where you could be in the venue so even just for us like as racers we were either we can get from our tent area to the start area and be on course but we aren't able to access the pits from where the mechanics access it so when yours couldn't enter the pits they couldn't go out to different areas on course like it was very um broken down and separated to keep everyone distance as best as possible and make sure they keep track that no one is no one extra is getting into the venue or going where they aren't supposed to be so it was very restricted just lots of covid tests and uh respectful social distancing and masking <laughs> it was so fascinating hearing about the precautions needed to do this elite racing obviously safety is hugely important and the organizers need to ensure their product doesn't result in cancellations or worse it makes wearing a mask to the grocery store seem like a pretty easy deal Okay, enough about the pandemic for a bit. I wanted to learn more about how cyclocross and bike racing in general works because the structure is quite different from the big team sports we're used to seeing on TV here in Canada. Um, yeah, so for me, I race for Pedalhead Race Room, which is a shop out of Edmonton um, and I'm sponsored by Live Canada. So I, this year, didn't have a group that I was going to Europe with. I uh, kind of myself and a couple other racers who also were in the same boat as me we got a, we were all in a house together working with the same mechanic team together so we made our own bubble and mm. um, in a normal year uh cycling canada would usually run a project and we'd be able to then that would have been our bubble um but with covid and all that they decided they didn't want to run that and they didn't want to be bringing um like junior and u23 riders over which is the main <laughs> Like group of athletes that would go on that Christmas cross project. A few different situations for teams as far as what's happening in Europe. One thing I learned this year, which I didn't really know previously, 
a lot of the riders on these Belgian and European teams kind of just get, here's your lot of money, here's your salary or what, whatever. Um, and they make sure they have their own mechanic. You have your own RV or trailer, you have your bike from your sponsor, but it's quite individual still being on a team. Whereas I think something with North American teams were a lot more, maybe you don't have as much of a salary or as much funding directly, but you have this team group, like group that you're with and you have your mechanics provided for you and swingers and housing together. Um, whereas Belgian teams, it's maybe a bit more, here's your funding and we'll see you at the races. Make sure you're at these races. I'm really lucky with Liv. They've been super supportive, uh, especially for the cycle cross season. So all of my equipment is provided by them. Um, and so they support that end of things with Pedalhead, of course, they work together and help take care of me. <laughs> my Liv and Pedalhead work, sponsorship working together, it's kind of created this little subdivision uh, team. So I have all this amazing support, but not quite the same not always the same like big group of riders together as you think on a team, but it's been working really well so far and yeah, happy with it. So Sydney is a team, but an individual living with other teams, riders who normally may have the chance to ride for their countries and different funding structures, even in the same class of rider. It's, it's so confusing to me, but I know the team and sponsorship means a great deal to young riders like Sydney. Getting over to Europe, especially this year is not an easy feat. One of the first things that introduced me to Sydney's racing was her postcards from Belgium fundraiser. And I asked her to tell me a little bit about that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really an amazing response from the community, especially local Edmonton and Alberta based uh, community. I was very, very grateful for all the support they provided. And I was able to send out a lot of postcards because of them. Um, it was, it's always expensive and logistically difficult to plan and manage a trip to go overseas for racing for an entire winter. Um, and then this year, especially, there's a lot of extra costs between documents and housing um, that wouldn't, would maybe be a little bit easier previously, just as far as like maintaining our bubble. And then just a lot of just regular every 10 days or less COVID tests, it adds up a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and mechanic support was this year on my own to cover the costs instead of a national team project that would help with that. Um, so it adds up a lot over time, especially two months straight when you're racing two or more times a week. I have a lot of support from my sponsors and from live equipment wise. So that I'm lucky is covered. I don't have to be purchasing bikes and stuff like that. Um, but still just the straight up cost and cash it takes to pay for housing, COVID tests, mechanics is still very present. And especially mm -hmm. this year, there's a bit of an extra cost. So I'm very grateful for everyone who's able to support me and yeah, help me get all the way to Worlds. Now, one of the things any Canadian knows, and I'm sure it's the same for any country, is that wearing the maple leaf is a big deal. Part of Sydney's season in Europe included competing in the cyclocross world championships. And I asked her to tell me a bit about that experience. Um, yeah. So the championships, we, everyone races for their nation. 
Um, so out there in Team Canada kit, um, normally, again, we would have a Team Canada project and be all staying together and have mechanics and support. Whereas this year, it wasn't possible to do that. Um, but it was still nice because there were two other women racing for Team Canada out there this year. So we, it was kind of as if we got our own little mini team environment. It was a little bit more like a normal year where we got to be Team Canada together and support each other and pre-ride together, which was really nice after two months of kind of being a little bit more isolated and on my own. I think we all, we were all in our own bubbles and we had to respect those and maintain distance. Um, so then for uh, world championships to kind of be back together, it was great. Um, so yeah, there we normally would have mechanics provided, whereas this year that wasn't possible. So we all had to make sure we had our own mechanic support, all of that at venues, but yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> Worked out well. And how do you end up on Team Canada? Is that just because you were three Canadian riders who happened to be in Belgium that year, or is it because you've won every single thing leading up to it? <laughs> um, we met the se selection criteria and we were already out there, which was a big deciding factor this year was you were able to be there supporting yourself. Um, so yeah, I just met the se selection criteria. I'm the U23 national champion. What, got that title in 20 at the end of the 2019 season. So that kind of met, met the criteria and was able to get me to worlds. So it is because you've won almost everything. <laughs> Just the one. <laughs> Keep in mind, Sydney is in her very early twenties and will probably compete in many more world championships. But even so, she's so cool about it as if riding for Canada is just another race in a typical year. What a typical humble Canadian. After finishing up her quarantine, Sydney took off for the West Coast to get some fair weather training in. The weather is getting better here in Edmonton, and even I am looking at my bike and whispering, it'll be your turn soon, but the conditions and trails for some intense training just aren't quite ready here yet. While she's training, the future of the season is still a bit uncertain. I also race mountain bike as well, yeah, but I'm not entirely sure what the race season is going to be like. Um, for now, I'm basically just planning on racing dom domestically within Canada, uh, not really looking to head to the States for anything uh, at this point. So yeah, racing within Canada, maybe heading for Worlds if I'm able to, but if anything, just kind of riding and then getting ramped back up for a cross season again, uh, starting early fall. The North American season starts in September and runs through November, early November, whereas then in Europe, it starts late fall and will run straight through till end of January, end of February. Hmm. I read that you are also doing school right now. Are you still doing school? Is that something you have to do on the side as well? Yes. Yeah, I'm uh, doing health sciences at Queen's University, fully online. <laughs> I've been online for all of my time at university. So it was a smoother transition for me this year, school-wise. Um, but yeah, I've just been fully online. So I'm able to train and travel and race uh, and adapt my schedule <laughs> to that. It's definitely uh, a little bit difficult. Have to make sure you keep on your schedule and stay up to date and hold yourself accountable and get all your work done. But it's I definitely think it's worth it to be able to uh, travel and race 
uh, how I do and be able to be at the events and training camps that I want to be at and need to be at. I think we can all learn a lesson from Sydney, especially as motivation returns after the pandemic, that motivation, accountability, and flexibility can take us a long way towards success. My thanks to Sydney McGill for talking with me about her pandemic racing adventures in Belgium. If you want to check out the latest in Sydney cycling life, Instagram is probably the, the go-to, uh, just at Sydney McGill, S-I-D-N-E-Y-M-C-G-I-L-L. And that about wraps up season one of the Well That's Cool podcast. I've had a great time taking you with me as we explored stories from the Netherlands, Scotland, and now Belgium, as well as life on the road with Engelbert Humperdinck, of all people. I also want to thank the five authors who joined me live this fall and winter for the book club series, as well as the two who talked with me about writing with autism and making Mennonites funny. It has been a crazy year, and this podcast has been a distraction, a motivator, and just a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed the adventure too, and I'd love to hear what you thought about it. You can reach out to me by email at wellthatschoolpod at gmail.com or on my website, benfast.ca. I'm also on Facebook at wellthatschoolpod or on Twitter at well underscore that's cool. I don't have solid plans for a season two yet, but feel free to send me a suggestion and I may pop back into your feeds occasionally this spring as the fancy takes me. In the meantime, I'm still making my model airplane kits, trying to read more regularly, and now, thanks to Sydney, I'm thinking of putting the wheels back on the road and stretching those old cycling legs as the temperatures are rising quickly here. I may not be getting muddy and tearing up the local park like Sydney does, but I love that feeling of freedom and exploring that comes with pushing on the pedals. We've all been cooped up inside for a long time, especially here in Edmonton, so why don't you join me for a ride sometime, wherever you are, and get some much-needed and very soothing fresh air. That's my plan for getting out of this pandemic winter. Thanks, as always, to Ron Yamauchi for the theme tune and to Anna Schroeder of Another Design for the Cool Podcast logo. Check out her work at ANNATHERdesign.com. Other music heard during this episode and all the other podcast stuff is done by me, Ben Fast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show for any future episodes, and you can also give a rating or a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining in on Season 1. Until next time, stay well, stay positive, and stay at least six feet apart.